welcome to the first episode of Series 3 of the Fountain Court podcast. Regular listeners will know that our episodes are usually hosted by a barrister, but we're starting the third series slightly differently. I'm Helen Griffiths, Head of Marketing and Business Development at Fountain Court, and we were delighted recently to invite Neil Stook to host a discussion with our senior clerk, Alex Taylor. Neil is a twice BAFTA-nominated actor who has starred in many well-known TV programmes, such as Game On and Dr Foster. We felt Neil was the perfect choice to host this conversation, not only because he is a good friend of Alex, but also because he portrayed the role of senior clerk Billy Lamb in BBC's Silk, a TV series about the members and staff of the fictitious Shoe Lane Chambers. And I have to say, having an actor who portrayed a senior clerk interview a real-life senior clerk added a really interesting dynamic to the conversation. Alex Taylor has led the clerking team here at Fountain Court and has been instrumental in its significant success. He has been a clerk since the age of 16, starting his career here at Fountain Court, but also working at the likes of 11KBW and Old Square Chambers before he returned to Fountain Court in 2008. He is extremely highly regarded in the market, as demonstrated by his numerous accolades, including being named by the Legal 500 as Senior Clerk of the Year in 2018 and receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award at the 2021 Chambers Bar Awards. During this episode, which was recorded in December 2022, Neil questions Alex on the real world of clerking, the changes he has seen over his career to date, some of his highs and lows, and what advice he would give to any aspiring clerks. Alex talks openly about various topics, including the struggles of life as a junior clerk, the importance of having a good team around him, his continued determination for excellence, and the sacrifices he's made along the way. We were extremely grateful to Neil for giving up his time to host the discussion. I was lucky enough to sit in on the recording and found it a really honest and truthful chat and a good insight into what can be a mysterious world. I hope you enjoy the episode. So I am here with the legend that is Alex Taylor. My name is Neil Stook and I play Billy Lamb in the series Silk. Alex is senior clerk. Can we start off by maybe telling the listeners how we actually met so we can give some sort of context to this discussion? Definitely. Thanks, uh, Neil. And firstly, I should say thank you very much indeed for coming along today to do this my first podcast, yeah, which is great, and um, well, no, I get we're, free lunch. So it's fine. <laughs> we're, there's nothing. There's no such thing as a no, free no, lunch. You're right. You're right. You are. <laughs> and I suppose uh, listeners that know me will not be surprised that Neil and I first met in a bar. Neil was in a play at the Charing Cross Theatre at the time. I'd been out with a colleague to meet a solicitor for a couple of pints by Charing Cross Station. And he said, why don't we go in this bar? Mm. And we did. And I saw Neil. And within a couple of days, Neil was in Fountain Court. That's right. Having a look round. Yeah. So that's how we met. And we've stayed in touch ever since. And we've, uh, we had a very nice Christmas lunch, didn't we, a couple of years ago, which I managed to get together. Yes, indeed. With, we with did. With Mr. Broom. Yep. And now retired senior clerk. Oh, he's retired, yeah, is he? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Has he really? Yeah. yeah. Retired last year. Good Lord. Kept that one cool. Now running a uh, wine tour company with his daughter. Right. I'd better get in touch with him about that. Right. Interesting. Now, what was very interesting about playing Billy in Silk was that people didn't understand really the job of the clerk and the the position of the clerk and, and what exactly 
they did and including ourselves and so it was a a very interesting journey for us coming in and learning all about this incredible profession so i mean outside of the uk uh, the there's a bloomberg article here that which is you you are featured and it refers to the profession as exquisitely english okay so Why don't you tell the listeners, I mean, because I've had so many clerks come up to me and say, thank you so much for finally letting my wife know exactly what I do, what I, what I do when I go to work, because they didn't even know, you know. So perhaps you could describe for the listeners the role of the clerk, specifically a senior clerk within the chambers. Yeah, I mean, if I know the answer to that one, I'd (laughs) gladly do it, Neil. But um, I know some amongst the sort of clerking community weren't overly impressed with the Bloomberg article. I personally thought it was good coverage. It was certainly good coverage for Fountain Court. And it, you know, it did sort of put it out there on the back of what you did in Silk. And Mm. again, that was a sort of brilliant illustration, actually, of clerks exist. And, And I think that... Again, I know a lot of clerks would have been asked this, but when when I first started out, it was questions along the lines of, will you become a barrister? Do you have to wear a wig? Mm. Which obviously I could do with these days. Back then I did have hair. So no, nobody really knew what we did. And I suppose as chambers have grown, I think as the profession has improved the demands of the job have uh, have increased so Mm. the range of duties that I as a senior clerk carry out are management of a what is now a a large clerking team I've got two colleagues uh, Helen and Chelsea that work on the marketing BD side now right I have a fantastic assistant Tati as well who um assists me with things like overseas travel arrangements and just working life generally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, overseas travel is is a big part. I mean, fortunately, we did set up an office in Singapore. Yeah, which uh, I still haven't been invited to. No, no, well, it, the, the invitation's in the post, Neil, but <laughs> these strikes. But uh, no, I mean, that in itself I thought was a, a fantastic achievement for Fountain Court. Equally, yeah. it means... These days, I probably travel out there two or three times a year. And this is in a sort of marketing BD uh, type role and sort of relationship building and maintaining. Yeah. And that, again, domestically is, is, a, is a function. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons we now have a marketing BD team is so that we can actually, I feel, it offer better, more dedicated focus to that aspect. Okay, There's... Then the sort of hopefully winning of work that you yeah. do in conjunction with members, practice review meetings, uh, fee negotiations, which is obviously quite a significant function of of, of the job. Which we can, you know, uh, I mean, as actors, I suppose we the nearest comparison we have in our world is our agent, where they do everything. They manage us and exactly that, you know, they get the fee for you. It's got yeah. nothing to do with us, you know, they do the contracts. So I suppose for actors, we we thought that there was a comparison there, a sort of conduit between 
the lawyer, barrister, and the clerk with the same as an acting agent and an actor. I mean, I think possibly lawyers, barristers, actors, all slightly (laughs) come into this kind of world of perhaps not being terribly well organized either, you know, possibly have to be a bit looked after. Certainly, I've had 30 years of working with people like that. So I think for us, mentally, we could understand your world in a sense so well something that we'd not talked about i mean obviously i i've read a lot of dickens and stuff like that and i you know this whole world for me sort of that sort of world of dickens conjures up those incredible you know people running down the street with papers and on um files and you know and and peeps as well peeps diaries you know so i love the fact that they they said it's exquisitely english or it could be intrinsically English, couldn't it, in a sense? I love that idea that it's come from a very long time ago, but clearly now it's it's uh, modernised. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, you know, we have had to move with yeah. commercial times. But that presents, I think, some interesting challenges Good. and opportunities. Well, well, we'll go on to that a bit later. That's something we're going to discuss. But uh, I'd like to ask you personally... When did you start clerking? I mean, have you been doing it all your life? Talk me through a bit of your career in terms of where you started, the sets you've worked with, the key individuals that you've worked with, you know, characters that have kind of moved on with you and, and been with you, et cetera. Can I sort of get an idea of that, a flavor of that? You know, when did you actually start? What age? Where? So, How did it happen? Careers officer, hovering careers officer, I would have been... In 1926, are we talking? Uh, 27. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was 1979, so July 79. I came to Fountain Court, was interviewed by the then senior clerk, another legend of the game, David Hemley. Yeah. And David gave me my break. So my mum brought me up here in the February for the interview. I wasn't leaving school until I finished my O-levels, which I did sort of June, and I started here in July 79. Yeah, so what age? 16. 16, yeah. Yeah, wow, wow. And then was fortunate enough to be at Fountain Court for nine years. And when you first start, when you're that age, you probably, like I first started out on a building site, you know, go and get the tartan paint, you know, go and get a long wait, (laughs) go down to the builders, merchants, get a long wait, you know, all that kind of stuff. Did all that sort of stuff go on? Definitely. You know, uh, a lot of winding up. A lot of of winding up. And, I mean, Chambers was much smaller. I think we were a large set, but there would have been, say, 30 members. And put that against now, we're 99. Yeah. With 56 juniors, 43 silks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's grown considerably and the characters at the bar were very very different back then as well yes of course so yeah it wouldn't be unusual if somebody wasn't in court they'd sort of off to the garrick have a nice lunch yes yeah come back and go home and and as a as a a junior clerk is that what you would have been described as a junior clerk yeah and is there a set amount of years for that or do they go this guy's bright as a button we're going to move him up quicker type thing or do you have to do a certain no set time i would say these days within two years you'd be looking to make the next move up in your career back then i'd say the career structure wasn't anywhere near as defined 
as it is today. Okay. And my range of duties as a junior clerk when I started out would have been reception, host, letters by hand, taking papers to and from court. I bet you wish you had a, a steps counter God, in those days. It would days. have been yeah. phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> we, did, we weren't allowed or I wasn't allowed to use the lift. That was only for clients and members. Right, so uh, thank you. So, yeah, very fit. And, yeah. you know, I dealt with buying the toilet rolls. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going around making sure they were in the loose, the, yeah. replacing the roller towels i mean it was a truly varied role it was very hard work but it Uh, maketh the man right but very much so i mean it's um so it's a form of apprenticeship but i i I had i had some sort of brilliant people in chambers that were teaching me the ropes and you know then you start to fix we used to go over and fix summonses get cases listed that was a skill you had to know the right people in the high court yeah and you needed to be fairly determined that yep. you, you were going to get cases listed for your members. And indeed, back then they had something called a warned list, which meant your case could get called in at 24 hours' notice. Right. And again, that was part of uh, the skill if your member of chambers wasn't available to yeah. somehow keep that out. So there was a degree of advocacy in it as well. So no, it was very, very varied. We it used was that very word hard. quite a lot in silk, as I remember. Yeah, advocacy. Yeah, yeah. And did I enjoy it? No, not to start with. Right, really? Uh, yeah, definitely not. You know, everyone that I knew was earning more money. Their job seemed so much more okay. attractive. Um, it was a lot of grunt work. Did you at some any points feel like you were going to leave or move on to something else? Or and what would? would that have been what other interests did you have at that age i'd been a decent footballer so i'd been offered an apprenticeship and i think there was always this uh, with fulham and so there was always a uh, you know do i commit a few years to football and i decided not to a few mates had jobs sort of in the city yeah the markets were starting to yeah, yeah. really come alive so yeah. trading and i did sort of contemplate that but yeah and it was something we were talking about earlier about the individuals. Yeah. And I think the individuality of the bar. Yeah. I felt you could make a difference if you were good and committed. And, you know, that's the members as well. And, you know, I was very lucky that I came to, if you like, the number one set. And I never took that for granted. And The it's, Premier Division. Absolutely. But it then meant that I could move to other sets. Yeah, yeah, sure. Learn about the job so much more mm. but what, it's not until you leave somewhere that you realize what knowledge you've actually gained yeah 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 again a sort of slight comparison with the acting world it can be deeply frustrating it, like if you're doing theater you get paid not very much money but you sort of feel that there's something about the characters you meet along the way the experiences you have it's perhaps not all about that in a sense and then of course you get some proper sort of premier league jobs and and that kind of and it all balances out in the end but you know i've been in situations like you probably where i thought i'm not sure this is kind of right you know but uh, on to fountain court it has a great reputation for barristers but it's as we're talking about it's equally strong reputation for clerking one client apparently told Legal 500 that it's rare to come across a set where the quality of the barristers is matched by the quality of the clerks. This is absolutely the case in Fountain Court, written by 
Oh, Alex, no. (laughs) (laughs) You've obviously gone about building this reputation up and you've sort of touched upon this. I mean, why, why do you think it's so successful? I mean, I've just walked in here and it's a completely different uh, setup from when I was last here. And it wasn't that long ago. No. And obviously, I'm going to ask you about modernization later because that was a key part of Silk as well. But um, why do you think you've, you've, you're so successful as a team? It is the team. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind it's, it's about the quality of, of the team. And, yeah. uh, and the team is both members and clerking, admin, marketing, you know, everything is teamwork. And I've been fortunate to be able to recruit some fantastic people over the years. I mean, I think as a quote, that's, and I've, you know, I've had some nice quotes. I think that's possibly one of the nicest, if not the nicest quotes, because, you know, our clients deserve the very best service. And, you know, if you're coming to a set of chambers where the barristers have got reputation for excellence then the service that everybody else delivers needs to match that and so that for me has always been a driver and part of my sort of determination that we meet those standards which are very high and it is about everybody knuckling down doing their very best i mean you're talking about management now i mean that's key does clerking include HR? I mean, or do you as a, as a set have an HR department? Or, no. or are you HR? No, I'm not HR no. anymore. No. I think, again, uh, that's been part of the evolution of, right. of sets. And the subject of HR is a, is a sort of specialist subject yeah, on its it own. And, yeah. you know, we've got Julie Parker, who heads up our admin team. And one of the many impressive things about Judy was when we were looking to replace the previous administrator, mm. I felt it was important that somebody came with a with an HR background. Right. I mean, let's face it, this is a people industry. Well, this is it. And yeah. it's really important, therefore, that yeah. move the sort of employment law aspects to one side, but generally that people are looked after and yeah. feel looked after. Yeah, sure. So the challenges for the viewers of Silk or rather the, the challenges that Billy had in Silk was was that sort of reluctance to modernise, which we've actually talked about in the, the past, and that he felt that the tradition of the chambers were very important. So I'm presuming that the... I mean, you've seen a lot of change over the years, both both in terms of types of disputes being pursued but also the personalities and behaviors of barristers and clerks and clients etc which is what we've sort of touched on the culture of the profession generally because that's quite an interesting i mean obviously here everything has kind of moved on quite a lot so you've obviously felt that it's very important to move on why wouldn't you have some sets some chambers steadfastly not moved on I think everybody needs to move on and evolve. And, and some of that will be client-driven. Some of that will be wanting to do things in your own fashion. Mm-hmm. The bar is a very – it's a very traditional profession still. Yeah. I, there's no doubt about that. But there have been some, you know, some huge changes in the 43 years that I've been doing this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you 
think back to when I first started, there wouldn't have been anything like mobile phones, computers. Yes, of course. You know, it was typewriters, desk phones. You know, there was a certain amount of freedom that came with that. And for those listeners that know me, I mean, believe it or not, when I moved to 11KBW, I put their first IT system in. So we had a computerized diary and feed note generating system, which was a big deal Mm. back then. And that would have been in... 88, 89, so... And the worst thing about the mobile phone is, of course, they would find out which pub people were in. of course. (laughs) (laughs) Including the QC, I would imagine. Yeah, so... um, (laughs) But, you know, you do need to move with the times. And and there are, I think as well now, you know, with technology, if you can use that to its best usage, then there are efficiencies, hopefully, that you can gain from that. And as well, I just feel... You know, members, clients, uh, staff will all have now certain minimum standards of yeah. what they expect to be equipped with. Yeah. So tell us about this name. Tell us about the man. I, I think you were introduced as the man with, it was three names. Three at names, one, yeah. Yeah, it was three names at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. I think Mr. Broom told me the man with three names. So explain that one to us. Well, it's uh, back in the sort of 70s, 80s, before then as well, it had always been the the rule, if you like, that you couldn't have two people in the clerking team with the same first name. And right. there was a Mark in Fountain Court. So Mark was on holiday when I first kicked off Mark Watson, and then he came back from holiday and it was announced to me that I needed to change my name. <laughs> so there was a there were a lot of outdoor clerks, you know, everything got delivered by hand. Nothing got sent by, as I say, emails, no attachments, anything like that. Uh, and there was one particular real character of an outdoor clerk from what was a firm called Herbert Oppenheimer at the time who would always come in and call me John. So uh, that became my name and I was John for 28 years. Right. And then I had... Like only fools and horses. Absolutely. Asked to come back to Fountain Court and everything went very smoothly other than Mark Watson was still in the clerking team. Right. And by then we'd been joined by uh, a member of Chambers, right. John Taylor, now John Taylor KC. So Michael Brindle had a real battle on his hands and John and I settled our issue over who was going to change their name. We had a few pints in the seven stars and here's Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander's my middle name. Right, okay. Uh, I just didn't fancy it when I was sort of 16, 17. So uh, that's why John was was chosen. But I think I'd worn that name out. What's the future? What kind of changes would you like to see during the rest of your career? Which, I mean, goodness me. How long have you got now? For, you're, not, you're not thinking of retiring, of course, are you? Not at the moment, no. no. You're way uh, too young to retire. Yeah. I don't know, really. I, I suppose that the hard work is always maintaining the number one position. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've had a brilliant career. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't possibly have imagined when I was starting out that I'd be given the opportunities that have come my way. Yeah. And I think for me it will be just sort of continuing to build the reputation that we've got at Fountain Court. And, again, I think there's a domestic value to that. 
I think there's still work that can be done internationally. Yeah. Um, and that's not just perhaps for the for Fountain Court, I think for the bar more generally. Yeah. And, and to hopefully be somebody that my clerks and other clerks sort of look up to and admire. And will you let it go easily? You probably won't, will no, you? You'll probably no, be I deeply won't. concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just been such a big part of yeah. my life. And I think anybody that's been in the chamber's environment, you know, it goes back to that very, it's very individual. You know, the members are individual. The business model, yeah. to some extent, is is totally, you know, bonkers, but it works brilliantly. And, yeah, it gets in your blood. Career so, highlight so far, do you think, becoming a senior clerk or...? Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, no question. What age were you when you became? When, when I became senior clerk, I would have been 30, 31. It was a big decision. And I, as I've probably done throughout my career, I'd sacrificed a hell of a lot. And it, it, for me... You mean family? Yeah, you think? everything. Okay. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I'd made that decision. And uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that of others. I think that was personal... I was um, told by an agent, you know, to forget the family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, you've got to stop thinking about your family. Yeah, that's I mean, tough. She, she actually said that, you know. That didn't work well with me, actually. It didn't go down with me very well. I, I think it does with a lot of actors, and we see a lot of divorces, et cetera, mm. and a lot of, you know, kids that don't have their dads anymore, et cetera, for that business. Yeah. For me, it, I mean... Obviously, it hasn't been that extreme for you, but, you know, it's that didn't really wash with me, to be honest with you. I'm too much of a family man. Right. So I think I probably have my career has slightly suffered because of that. And so it's interesting that you talk about that because that's something we can go and have lunch and discuss further. Yeah. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, Jennifer, my wife, has been yeah. so so supportive it is tough tough on them isn't it i mean yeah, it's the, you know yeah. the hours the hours definitely the the, the, the stress yeah because you don't switch off right no you don't uh, and I, I suppose i'm somebody that will some of uh, what's gone on in the day will come home yeah i'm much much better at dealing with that now yeah and again it's not i, I would never expect uh members of my team to commit in the way I did. Sure. I think that was just something okay, that interesting. I yeah. felt I needed to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, some people, things come too easier. For me, it was sort of almost total dedication. But yeah. I, I think I've got some sort of obsessive part of my character, you know, yeah. marathon running, it's quite cycling. lonely, cycling. Yeah. It's individual, it's personal, yeah, yeah. but it becomes important to you as an individual. Yeah. I'm interested to know if if you knew you were going to be offered senior clerk, who offered it to you, how it happened. Did someone say, can we have a chat with you for a minute? How did that exact moment happen? Well, I've, I've been very lucky, as I say, that having got nine years under my belt yeah. at Fountain Court first time, I was asked to be Lord Irving's, what I was then, it's, some chambers still use the term first junior, but it's right. the number two. And I was 25, coming on 26. Philip Monham was the senior clerk there. I had a brilliant sort of five and a bit years. So uh, it's very much personality-led, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then um, probably their biggest competitor in the employment law world was 15 Old Square, which is now Old Square Chambers. Right. 
And I was asked for a drink one lunchtime by a couple of the, what are now KC's, QC's there. Yeah, KC's, yeah. They said there was an advert going out in the Times on Tuesday. Would really like you to apply. Oh, I wow. had a phone call that Friday evening saying... Uh, and what, what sort of year? I'm trying to think. So you started 79, nine years, 80... So this was 94, sort of back in the oh, 93, okay. beginning okay. 94. Right. Yeah. And um, I was asked along for an interview on a Sunday right. afternoon. I expected sort of four or five people to perhaps be on an interview panel, <laughs> walked into a room and there was something like 25. So uh, took a bit of a grilling. Welcome to my world. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was great. Asked to go downstairs and was offered the job that afternoon. So right. uh, wow. I then took a long, long time to think about it you must have felt quite euphoric when you came out yeah i felt good yeah uh i felt they'd come for me i hadn't gone there so yeah. you're a little bit more perhaps relaxed and yeah. um it was a big decision uh, i took it on it was very hard work it was not in good shape but um yeah 14 years later fountain court asked me back and you know the senior clerk role here is it's probably like Ferguson getting older Man United. Yeah. It's probably like me getting a lead in a big Amazon Prime or yeah. Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a little bit bigger than that. But biggest challenge you think you faced as a clerk? I mean, obviously, we've sort of touched upon sort of modernizing and stuff like that. But we've also touched on the personal things that you've faced with your family with such big commitment. Was there anything else you can sort of see within those years that's been a huge challenge other than ones you've touched on? I think there are always challenges. And going back to that sort of... But that's surely what kind of makes it so that's, exciting, that's, that's, isn't that's it? That's what makes it interesting yeah. is people. Uh, and I, I think that's the, you know, that's the interesting comparison when you talk about acting. Yeah. You know, you really do take a lot on with yeah. some members. You know? Yeah. I, I think whilst you... You have your own life experiences, you know, members, colleagues have their own as well. Yeah. Some of that can be, you know, fantastically rewarding and enjoyable. And other times it can be quite dark and hard work and that, that's, on top of. Again, another sort of equal comparison with the, with the two worlds we're in. Yeah. So I know that you've talked to me over the years about some very famous characters, yeah. which has been... Very enjoyable to listen to. And I think Billy was, correct me if I'm wrong, was loosely based on quite a famous senior clerk. Yes. Um, who Peter, the writer of Silk, yep. had had worked with or had experience with. What sort of characters have you met over the years? Who would you say has been possibly the most kind of important character in your life, maybe? Or, or someone who you felt has... Uh, you know, given you sort of a, a richer sort of experience in this world? On the clerking side or just well, generally? Well, just generally, Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good question because whilst obviously, you know, as I say, I think David Hemley, when I was starting yeah. out, he gave me the break. Joan Hall, Mark Watson, who uh, I thought were just fantastic at bringing me on in this, in this uh, profession. Yeah. Were big influences as well. And... I've also learned from people outside of this industry, and I think right. that's one of the interesting features and possibly what 
at times you when you're looking at say client service you look at experiences elsewhere you know it might be car salesman that you just think oh i like that That, you know that's a nice touch it's made me feel good how can i bring that hotels you go to and you get good service there so i think they're they're the sorts of influences um and i think people that have worked in different industries self-employed sort of entrepreneurs the energy they've got yeah uh what makes them different uh, and what makes them successful and why why them why not someone else what is um in your opinion the sort of difference between apart from the obvious criminal law and corporate law i mean is it sort of I, I mean, is there a gulf of difference in the way the sort of day-to-day management goes? I'm interested because that's quite interesting. Talking to clients in a corporate world is different, very different to talking to clients in a criminal world. Sure, sure. <laughs> Although, and I've never clerked crime. Obviously, never. I've got friends. Yeah. I was out with some friends last night that are criminal clerks. Yeah. There's probably a, a bigger gulf now between, if you like, the commercial dispute common law sets and the sort of mid-range criminal family law sets i mean if you're at the top of crime top of family perhaps it's easier if you're publicly funded it's a much much tougher existence of course well especially with recent yeah i mean that's a terrible situation where someone's got to actually go out on strike to get your attention but i did feel that that raised an awareness amongst the public of actually this is an important service and and we need it so there is a gulf no question i mean interestingly in the last six years seven years we've established a what we call commercial crime team and that's probably one of the it's been a real success story for us financial regulation fraud fraud it's where there's been so much action directors personally responsible right for companies you know their responsibilities are a lot greater and you know if there's a breach there's the risk of going to prison yeah that gets taken very obviously very seriously very serious so that actually has given me an insight given our chambers an insight into the criminal world that we didn't previously possess interesting but no it's been that as i say has been a terrifically uh good move for us so clarking now runs in your family would you like to discuss this you've no doubt had cause to offer some advice over these years any future clerks listening to this episode that would uh i mean you know what would your advice be to them what do you wish that someone had told you that would have helped <laughs> so toby is at crown office chambers is he runs there a very very successful health and safety right. team there and they do sort of a bit of uh, i think criminal and regulatory work in okay. that group right i have had two nephews two nieces right Theo Clark and Biggs was my nephew in Clark (laughs) in 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 Silk, who's now gone on to be in SAS Rogue Heroes, etc. There you go, lovely actor. Yeah, and when I came into Clarking, I mean, that that game was one of the, I think, interesting aspects because there was no family member anywhere near the legal profession. Is it is it is it uh, is it uh, quite a common thing to sort of the family kind of thing? 
when I started, it was mainly family and friends. Yeah. Okay. And again, I think for, for all the right reasons and yeah. for really good reasons, you know, there's such a different di- uh, range of people coming into Clarkin now, yeah. including educationally. So yeah. we have graduates coming in as junior clerks. That would have been unheard of. I mean, even with O-levels as they then were, yeah. I was a bit of a sort of, a bit of a freak, I suppose. Right. And I've been quite a sort of big pusher for work experience opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of sort of friends, family. I was introduced to somebody yesterday to talk about a career as in, in law. And there are so many more opportunities within that legal yeah. work environment now. But what advice would I give? I suppose it's, you know, it is starting out in Clarkin, it is, it's tough. You'll be asked to do a range of duties that you won't particularly enjoy. But what I would say is stick at it. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I, yeah. I know that sounds a bit corny, but it is a job where if you commit if you work hard and if you've got the right skill sets and the right people nurturing those, yep. then there's a great career there and it's very different and you'll meet some brilliant people. So there's nothing you wish, there's nothing that sticks out where you go, why the hell didn't someone tell me that? <laughs> no, I think... Uh, Maybe just the pressure and the... the uh, yeah, I mean, it, the, the, but that's probably true in every yeah, job and yeah. that's why I never... I, I never sort of complain about that. People's stress levels are all different. Yeah. And as I said to somebody else yesterday morning at a breakfast meeting that I was having, if you thought too deeply about what it was you were doing, yeah. there is a hell of a lot of responsibility that yeah. you know we all have on our shoulders. And at a young age, and so you grow up very, you mature very yeah. quickly in this job. As always, a pleasure. Never a chore. And thank you very much for your time. Not at all, and thanks again, Neil, for coming in today to talk with us. You're it's welcome. been a very enjoyable session. Cheers, mate. So there you have it. A really interesting chat and some hopefully helpful insights for those either considering a career as a clerk or for those who just want to know a little bit more about the world of clerking. Thank you again to our fantastic host, Neil Stook, and of course to Alex Taylor for being so honest. If you're interested in other episodes of the Fountain Court podcast, the back catalogue can be found on our websites or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also subscribe and receive notifications for future episodes. Mm-hmm.